Welcome to Summer Blockbuster Season 1983, Adam. Yeah, I am three months, four months old. Something somewhere in there. Uh, so, baby me is toddling about watching movies, I assume. Yep. And uh, <laughs> listening to the just released debut album, Kill 'em All by Metallica. Hell yeah. Uh, I weirdly, I think I've, I've said this before, but um, Beat It was number one the day I was born. Uh huh. And so I have a. You don't need the newspaper for that fact. I do not. I uh, have a strong association with uh, Beat It specifically, not really Michael Jackson in, in general. Sure. For, <laughs> sure. for several reasons, but uh, that, the, like, yeah, Beat It, I love. Yeah, yeah. Any hot takes on Kill 'em All? Uh, no. Any hot Metallica takes? Uh, I think they're both under and overrated. Can you believe that it's only, what, uh, 15, 20 years from now that they will be suing their child fans? (laughs) I mean, it seems inevitable. (laughs) Like, I don't don't know why, but yes, it does seem inevitable. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what's playing. Okay. Uh, Oh, this movie poster looks interesting. Yeah, that might be the coolest movie poster I have ever seen. Looks swashbucklery. And holy shit, like... Look at all of these people. It's like this is half the Monty Python cast. I've never Yellowbeard yeah, and Cheech and Chong. <laughs> what? Ha, have you ever heard of this movie? No. It looks like it, it should be, a be Monty movie. Python. I've seen every pirate movie, and I've seen every Monty Python movie. Yeah, oh yeah, like, d- for sure. Um, weird. Um, I mean, so Graham Chapman's still alive. So, oh yeah, of course, it's eighty-three. So yeah, but he doesn't. He dies not that long after this. Yeah. Um, and then we also have oh. Uh, this is weird. I've never uh, Zelig. This is a Woody Allen movie. Mm. That, <laughs> uh, Yellowbeard. I mean, I I I love Monty Python. I love pirate movies. You even love the, even Cheech the and Chong. I'm ambivalent <laughs> towards Cheech and Chong. Uh, I remember distinctly you saying multiple on multiple <laughs> occasions, the, Nick. I fucking love. Cheech and Chong. Was I high? It doesn't get any better. <laughs> for me, for me, it doesn't get any better than Cheech and Chong. Well, you got me there. So I guess, uh, I guess I'm in, I'm, I'm I got to vote for Yellowbeard. Yeah, same. I haven't seen either of these, so. Yeah, me neither. Let, let's do Yellowbeard. Okay. good coffee there yum yum early 80s coffee hmm, that's a damn good <laughs> cup of coffee damn nope damn good damn fine fuck yeah oh, <laughs> uh how that hmm it was a movie that was a 90 minute filler monty python sketch like yeah. none of the ones that you remember it wasn't like yeah. fish slapping it wasn't uh for, certainly wasn't like dead parrot it was just the ones that you don't remember from Flying Circus for 90 minutes. Uh, we just watched this film minutes ago, yep. and I basically have forgotten all of it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I know that Yellowbeard will uh, literally grab and haul away any any woman he sees and, and rape her. Uh, yeah. But, but seemingly well, like, semi-consensually? Yeah. I mean, let's get that out of the way right at the top, because I feel like there's a risk in 1983 with 2021 brain walking into a comedy. There's there's a risk. Uh, sure. Um, and 
with the uh, ensemble cast here, um, that risk is high. Yeah. Uh, for offensive, let's say, racial stereotypes, yep. um, certainly the gender thing. It just it, like very uh, un. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Like un. Uh, just like giving zero shits about triggers at all or right. uh, cultural or appropriate. And anything. not and not in a pushing buttons away. No. Um, more just in like, we're not even considering that when we're writing the jokes. Like we think this is funny. It's going in. There was a, a movie a few years. I think it might've been the early 2000s now, but it was like, it was like movie 23 or something like that. Do you okay. remember this movie? Mm-hmm. It was, my understanding was like, it, it had this, this cast that was, insanely long just everybody you could think of mm-hmm. and it was these i don't think it was the fairly brothers but it was some a couple of people who apparently had just lied to a bunch of a-list actors and done skits essentially mm-hmm. that were incredibly offensive and then just locked it all together into a movie uh and it was just trash and like <laughs> It won all of the Razzies that okay, year. Sure. Um, but then I feel like there was actually lawsuits about it where oh. actors were like, this is not what you said that I'd be associated with. Yeah. And this is not what I. Signed. Yeah. And anyway, this feels like it's cut from the similar cloth. Sure. I mean, you can tell what the intention was here. Um, and there's a good movie here. There's a good movie here. Like, and, and somewhere. I think the the. <sighs> I don't think that this is a bad movie. No. Um, but there is definitely a disappointing element here. You have so many of the right elements. Um, certainly, you've got very funny people on screen. Yeah. Um, you, and some performances that are amazing. Sure. Um, you ha- And you have like clearly the know-how to make a good swashbuckler movie. You have yes. good sets, good costumes. The stunts are good. But yeah. Like there's some good sword fights in this. Yeah. And, and it just like kind of all lands so flat. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of stunning to me for that reason. Did you laugh? I'm trying to remember. I don't think I actually out loud laughed through the entire, like there's times when I went like, Oh, that was kind of funny. Um, I laughed. Three times. Okay. I will tell you what those three times are right now. Okay. Um, I laughed um, when there was the misunderstanding about acute hearing and acute earring. Okay. I, that, that one was funny. <laughs> That's like your classic Monty <laughs> yeah. Python, like, yeah. Well, pun. and it was uh, John Cleese, John Cleese and it was just the yep. two of them, wasn't it? Yep. Perfect. Um, there was the little girl asking for three farthings for a okay. lump of shit. That was the, so I didn't laugh at the initial joke, but uh-huh. when he kicks her down the thing, <laughs> yeah. okay, I did laugh at that. Yeah. That was the one time I laughed. Um, and finally, my favorite character in the whole thing, Mr. Prostitute. Mr. Prostitute was a, an, an amazingly <laughs> dumb joke. It's such a dumb joke. <laughs> Here's Little the thing, talking about it is funny. Yes. That's the thing, like every single one of these things is actually really funny. It just mm-hmm. is so, it's it's not, I don't know if it's a pacing and editing. Uh, I don't know what's wrong. I think what is wrong with this movie is that you have the setup for like, there's basically no plot. The plot is very, it's so linear. You know, right. it's like this guy's going to get his treasure. People are aware that he's going to get his and treasure. To follow him. So we have the caravan thing. Yep. Okay. That's like very broad outline for movie. I mean, but for this style of movie where it's like for a Monty Python movie, that's, I mean, Holy Grail is essentially we're going to get the Holy Grail. Yes. Um, And I think that the difference there is that they're like the obstructions are always the introduction to, okay, now we're going to meet this character. What's this guy's deal? And in this, all of the characters are kind of just brought along. You know, you're, you're not really being introduced to any characters, but you also don't really get a sense of any of the characters at all. And I will add on to this that like Graham Chapman, I think, kind of carries this movie as Yellowbeard. But he's also like, he is just an, like he's the Tasmanian devil. Yes. Just, and like, he'll just like blast through a scene <laughs> wreaking havoc. Right. And I think that there's not enough of Yellowbeard in this movie. Nowhere near enough. Um, because I, I, whenever he's on, you're, you're paying attention yes. and you're interested. And really the focus is given to like the, the hangers on in the, you know, in the brigade. And really none of those characters are very interesting or feel like they want to even be doing this. The, the Lord, 
Lord, the guy who kicks the woman down the the girl down yep. the, in the uh, Lord. is that uh, Percy Lamborn? Lamborn, yeah. He, I hated him at first because I didn't get like, but at, like by the end of it, I was like, he might be my favorite character. Oh, we will disagree on that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I like just the actor killed it for me. Sure. Where he's like, he is completely unaware of everything. Yeah, and I think he, the guy who played him played it like it's it, like I, I fucking loved. It was honestly the point when he kicked the girl down the the chute. Yeah. uh, That slayed me. Yeah. And then from then on, he he could do no wrong. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Just him. Like them storming the the castle. Yep. Was amazing. Yes. That's a good bit. Yeah. Um, But that's the thing. This everything, every single one of these, I think, setups, you could go on paper. This is a good bit. Mm hmm. Like I'm I, I have like as described, like the funny thing is, is like you made me laugh describing the bit uh-huh. where the movie didn't make me laugh. And I think it's, there's like a weird, I think the reason why I wanted to see more of Graham yeah. is that he's got like, he, we, we say this about a few different things that we've talked about, but like he's in another movie, like his energy, yes. he has that Monty Python energy. Yes. That's like this, like bizarre character. Yes. And everybody else is kind of grounded, but just doing like the cheeky thing. And that can work. Sometimes I it mean, can. because in many ways, life of Brian is almost the exact opposite where Graham Chapman yes. is this like, yeah, he's not bringing the energy totally. and everybody else around him is just fucking nuts. Yeah. 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 Um, so Monty Python definitely does play with that energy. Yeah. But it, I mean, like, I think you said on the walk over, like you can tell that Monty Python's worked with the, like the members had worked with each other. Cause anytime yep. the two, yep. uh, any, any two characters that were in Monty Python work together, you're like, Oh, there's the, like the energy starts to build up yep. and is immediately, we know how to make a scene together. Right. And like, honestly, Dan was a massive left let down. Like if Dan had any sort of personality was just more than oatmeal. Yeah. That could have, and I, I was reading in the files, there was supposed to be sting. Yep. And the producers said, or the, the studio was like, Nope, uh, we need, it's getting too British, which yep. also it's a pirate movie. American, like the American colonists at this point were British colonists. Yes, totally. Like we can't have an American pirate movie. Right. And then the, the, I love that. The, did you see the quote from, did you read the thing where the, the quote from the guy? Yep. So Martin Hewitt yeah. who played Dan, um, which before it, w- it was originally supposed to be Adamant. Mm-hmm. He quit. I think it because of like, it just was taking too long. Yep. Uh, and then, and then yes, sting with the two British. And so then Martin Hewitt said, after uh, he found you finding out, yes, sting should have had my part for crying out loud. I would have hired sting over me any day. <laughs> I, I agree. Cause like also the Bowie weird, like so strange. That was the f- kind of one of the funnier, like the little bits of them, like I'll go, I'll meet you in the like the closet thing. Yep. <laughs> You're just like throw a throwaway joke yes. that Eric Idle like knocked out of the park in yep. just oh yeah. So let's let's dive into the cast a bit more yeah, because yeah. I think we're gonna end up. I mean, it's what they want you to talk about, right? Like, is it, look at all of these fucking people. We put them all on the poster, um, and there's really not much <laughs> plot to talk about. Um, so this was directed by Mel Damsky, who. Who, should, I, should I know? Um, the only reason you would know him is if you're a big fan of Lifetime Christmas movies. <laughs> um, Funnily enough, I am not. <laughs> um, that, mostly because of the absence of Cheech and Chong. I would agree. Uh, well, Cheech, Tommy Chong, buddy. Yeah. Buddy, you, I, first of all, A for effort. Like, sure. Just committed to not being able to act like a champ. Yeah, totally. But you do need for that antagonist, you need the polar opposite. Oh, you know, you need the, you need the bizarro grand Chapman in that role. Sure. Can, but play he, he can't, no, he can't. And like they, cause Cheech was like working his ass off yeah, totally. and doing a very Cheech. Yep. Thing. That's so Cheech. It was so Cheech. Um, but Tommy Chong was just like, trying so hard yeah like all i have is a hat and a lisp am i doing the thing <laughs> that hat too i will say 
There was a moment when I I laughed at a visual joke when they go the door the cut out. Yes. <laughs> and it's just kind of a little bump. Like yes. it's not a real tall <laughs> cutout. It's just a little and it was like the odds of you ever perfectly nailing that bump it, that that made me giggle. Totally. But not like actually like clearly somebody in the set design was yeah. like, Oh, this will be funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get into this little Nikki esque cast. <laughs> um uh so I will say significantly better than little Nikki. <laughs> oh, miles. <laughs> yes, by far. Um, okay. So yeah, Graham Chapman as Yellowbeard. Um, this was originally supposed to be given to Keith moon. Yeah. And did I understand that Keith moon, this is Keith moon's idea. Like yeah, this, so, this whole movie is basically what if you put me as a pirate? So yeah, so Keith Moon had to bow out because of deteriorating health. But, oh, and it's Keith Moon dead at this point. Yes, like by the time they actually made it. Right, right, right. Death. Yeah, it took a while. It turns out you cannot cast a dead person. Yeah, um, and so Peter Cook, who plays Percy, mm-hmm. um, uh, he has this quote about um, it starting when uh, Keith Moon. Sam Peckinpah, who yeah. we just talked about. Because he he just did uh, Cable Hogue. Yep. Uh, Graham the, Chapman the and myself were dining. The, the yeah. and, and okay, so remember this, because this is very canonical to what we've been talking about, right? Okay. So Sam Peckinpah, kind of going off the rails a little bit, kind of self-sabotaged his like, you know, big movie career with Cable Hogue racking up this giant bill right um this beginning to get drink again tab. i forgot about that yeah hitting hitting alcohol again and so then this is not that long after no and so this is peter cook it all started when keith moon sam peck and pa graham chapman and myself were dining keith suggested doing a movie about pirates and we were all <laughs> discussing it and being enthusiastic when i saw sam who was too tired to actually go to the lavatory, relieving himself in the artificial palm tree by the table. (laughs) It was then that I thought the whole thing was rather unlikely to get off the ground. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That guy, right? I I had, I didn't, I did not know this side of Sam Peckinpah at all. Like Like this personal dark, like, no, I mean, that is, that's some, that's low. Right. And tired, I think is being generous. <laughs> like <laughs> you're never too tired right. to go to the restroom. Yeah. Yeah. You're too drunk yes. to inebriate or to like high to like just fucked up. Uh huh. But yeah, <laughs> too tired. So thankfully or not, Sam Peckinpah, not a part of this film. I think so. I actually think it would have been a better movie. Sure. Because I think a lot of the problems in this are an inexperienced. Because this is, I, I'm, I understand correctly, this is his first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like inexperienced director, yeah. not knowing how to. Like I think part of the reason that Monty Python is like the members of them are doing fine is they they've been directing self directing their entire career. Like yeah. it's it's them or their friends going, hey, don't do that. Yeah, you know, right. And so I like that's the thing is you're getting lackluster performances from all of these people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that had a, a decent director been there going like, no, no, you got to be broader, got to be bigger, got to be. Yeah. Um, and, however, um, Keith Moon did fund a lot of the like conceptualization <laughs> script just, writing, you know, I love the that. idea that Keith Moon was doing this. Like I've just like, well, what's funny to me is that like, why even attribute this to somebody? The idea about doing a movie about a pirate. Right. Wow. Not a new, not a new concept. <laughs> now I understood that it was literally Keith Moon saying it's me. Yes. And Graham Chapman is basically channeling Keith Moon. Sure. Or, the, or like the like idea of Keith. Yeah. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I get like, yeah. you know, like what about we do a pirate movie, but I'm it's me. Right. 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 Like as which to a certain extent, that's what the, that's what Jack Sparrow is. Like, I mean, right. Jack Sparrow is based off of uh, Keith Richards. Right. Right. But like, yeah, you have that, that, um, like through rehab 700 times shaky, old rock star right thing like you're, totally. you're you know just like pulling mad massively large personalities yes and i get that like i think that that's i think that that's an accurate or not an accurate but at least a a good template to play off of for pirate movies like make these pirates obscenely like flamboyant yes it, totally. i think it works yes um so yeah that's graham chapman I have a uh, pirate lore question for you. Oh, I, I'm not necessarily. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Did I miss an explanation or is it known 
about the weird like incense thing in hair yeah so that's a, that's a blackbeard thing blackbeard okay. would, would weave their uh their fuses for um cannons got it this one i weird i do know uh, from and so uh, probably thank you assassin's creed black flag for but uh i feel like it's one of those things that i picked up at some point but yeah uh blackbeard would literally tie um fuses through his beard and light them so that just this like his beard would just be like putting out smoke and uh-huh. and like sparks I mean, it's a look it's cool as hell. Yeah. Like, uh, but I had no right. frame of he reference just, like, for that. Shows up. Like, is, does he have like Nag Champa just like going, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just putting out a vibe every, you know, to the room. It is. It is a weird. There's a couple of times when there's some like very direct weird illusions. So that was one of them. And the mm-hmm. other one was with Eric Adele and the um, parrot uh-huh. where they're doing like a direct Monty Python reference. Right. Yes. Like, w- w- why did you do that? Totally. You didn't yeah. need to? No, not necessary. I mean, it works because of the pirate thing, but also like, let's just right. like, like it, it, in the problem was it was way too long. Like if it had just been like, as he's walking through, he just like does a double take on the, on the parrot. Funny. Yep. Great. Perfect. You know, uh, low hanging fruit, but funny. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So then we, yeah, then we have, um, Peter cook who is a central part of the like creative team here, um, as Percy who you're a fan of. I just like, I could not get over the like mumbliness where I was just like, I have no idea what he's even like. If, if there's a joke in there, I can't hear it. You know, it was just like such a flat, flat, flat performance. That was, and that was, that was the, it was the, like the fact that you had no idea what the fuck he was saying. Like, and and I guess I like, it's also a Britishism, I think. Yes. Cause like there's that same person, uh, they have the same character, similar, or they have a similar character in um, hot fuzz where yep. like there's the the uh inappropriate police officer who's just mumbling the entire time right and it's just like a th- it's a thing and so i think that was funny to me i like for me it was when his w- wife i think was being uh absconded with to be raped by yes. r- by Yellowbeard, and like and his reaction is just like oh uh, oh okay this is happening yeah i i just and it was like uh, with the like, she seems to be enjoying herself yes, or something. Yes. Uh, and I think that was the thing is like his, all of his dry jokes yeah. were very funny. Yeah. They were just so understated. And then it like, when he like was missing, like it was, it, they, they had like, it was a dumb character. Yes. You totally. know, like that he, kept, I do think that the, his, like the later half of the movie. Yes. Um, oh, the first half is, yeah. yeah. Um, the other, person who I have like a performance issue with that I feel like is a detriment to the movie is the character of moon played by Peter Boyle, who is supposed to be the like backstabbing right. traitor. Right. In this. His bosun. Um, I don't give a shit. Moon. He, he his just second is amazing. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, Peter Boyle just felt to me like he was not interested in being there. Um, There was just nothing there. And like, that's one of the things where you like, you want this like character who's the double crossing, you know, essentially moon is the reason why this whole like caper is, is taking place. Uh, There's, there's nothing there. there. No, he, he doesn't have any, there's no gravitas, gravitas, gravitas yeah uh there's no anything yeah he's the first of um many uh young frankenstein players we see in this film right um and i maybe the only everybody loves raymond player (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that that's that's a weird (laughs) statement to make just because everybody loves raymond I, I don't know, but I presume it went on too long and had too many people. I would assume. So there's a chance. I mean, I feel like Brad Garrett might just show up at random points. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay. So then we have uh, Cheech and Chong as El Segundo and El Nebuloso. By the way, did you recognize that they were the same two characters later in the movie? I thought they were playing different characters. I kind of thought that they were playing different characters too until it, I was like, oh, the money thing. Right. Right. That part is also not very clear. Also, so correct me if I'm wrong, because the movie starts Mm -hmm. with Cheech and Chong. Uh, Cheech, I'm sorry, Chong (laughs) is a priest for the Spanish Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And Cheech is the captain of the the military presence on this boat. Uh It's a Spanish Spanish treasure ship that has the biggest treasure ever discovered. Ever. The, the ship is then boarded by Yellowbeard and his people. Yep. And taken over. Right. Blah, 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 blah. 
it's a it appears that the the two of them die because everybody else on the ship uh, every other person is killed on the ship I mean, maybe they are different people. Maybe they're like the, these first two are uncredited because like the, he's not El Nebuloso. No. At this point. But because what it seems to uh, be but they do have the same delivery and like everything. dynamic. No, they've got to be because like, cause, yeah. yeah, like the, the head, the head slamming thing. Right. So like later, but like, but he does say, why are you doing that? As it, like, maybe it's a self-referential thing to just the movie. I don't know. See, this is the thing. <laughs> and then, so what it looks like. For I think I think the interpretation is, is these people went back or somehow ended up on the exact same island that Yellowbeard stashed his treasure that nobody could find uh-huh. and created a cult. Yeah, started a death cult, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That, is that the read? <laughs> I hadn't given it any thought, but it does uh, prove problematic. Yeah. Like <laughs> the more I dug into it, was like, I don't understand this. Connect- yeah, what? that's funny. Huh. I guess. I guess I would have said that they are different characters. I, I thought so too. And honestly, it was the head thing when he started hitting his head. Right, again, right, right. Like, oh, it's the same. Huh. It is supposed to be the same guy. I, it's very strange to me. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Martin Hewitt as Dan, who did, was like, dudes, hire Sting. Don't hire me. I don't know. Dan. Dan is oatmeal. Just does, just the yeah, totally. Well, most and so bland. And so this also sets up part of the conflict of this movie uh, within the movie, um, uh, and the making of it, and like why I think it doesn't land so hot is because you have you have four versions of this script that were churned out, um, and. Um, it started to be problematic for America, for Hollywood to have this like full British thing. And so they started incorporating American actors or whatever. And as soon as you start doing that, you start chipping away at the ability for the like British sensibility and humor to play when you have an American actor who doesn't know fuck all about that in the same scene with somebody who's a master of that. You, you don't know how to, play that even if you're even if you your character is not supposed to be funny you have to have some knowledge of how that works um to, would, to give something to play off of i would and also yeah, yeah I'd, I'd also argue that like american hadn't developed a comedy sensibility yet like it's i think america's comedy sensibility is really kind of kicked off in the 90s where like well so you, i think you have stand-up because we're right in the middle of the stand-up uh, like renaissance or not renaissance but uh what's the the first big wave of of stand-up comedy where you get like you know like the, the first we're just not, i guess we're at the tail end of the of the big first american stand-up comedy but that hasn't translated to i to, can i can see that except for the the whole half of the american cast that's in like you've got your mel brooks thing going on well, i guess you do okay um, you do have mel brooks you're like yeah strange love sort of thing you know so you do have these like heightened surreal comedies um that you know have like the the but notable strange cast. love is kubrick right yeah yeah who's british yeah, yeah, but like, um, I guess I just mean like the like if yeah. you like I, I would say that the the yeah yeah a, at right. this point it's just broad comedy. We haven't we haven't developed a personality. Sure, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I I, I, I take that back. Mel Brooks is definitely ha- definitely has because like Spaceballs is right around this time too. So yep. yeah, you're right. We do have the beginnings of, but this isn't the, none of these actors are playing into an American comedic, like into a Mel Brooks style. No. And those aren't necessarily compatible with no. each other. Like <laughs> they are, they are kind of distinct versions of, of these like big comedy things, but they aren't in, they're no way the same thing. No, no. And I mean, I, I'm just thinking, cause like, I feel like the Farrelly brothers really kind of like solidified an American film comedy. Yeah. And then the sitcom really kind of kicked off. Right. Uh, I mean, we did have sitcoms in the eighties or seventies and eighties, but like it, I don't know. This was just before America learned how to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Just before America learned how to teach people, how how to make people laugh. (laughs) Yeah. I, whatever. I just, it, the American players just are so fucking bland. And it's true. Yeah. It's also unnecessary. <laughs> totally yes, um, especially because I don't think that that's really adding to the like asses and seats factor. No, you know, like no, no, the, the American people names are Peter not Boyle. exactly like the yeah the the American names are not the ones that people are like. All oh, right, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. we are looking at the Cheech looking, and Chong. I guess Cheech and Chong. I guess could make it, you could make an argument for American comedy. Yeah, 
but like, but you're not even really letting them do their thing in this movie. I mean, I think Tommy Chong kind of was like, uh, yes, but like you're, you're giving him too much. You know what I mean? For sure. Like for sure. And there's no (laughs) zero weed references. (laughs) Right. Which is kind of weird. Yes. But none of them like lit up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have him pull one of those wicks from Yellowbeard and right. light something. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, we have Michael Hordern as uh, Dr. Gilpin. Um, who, uh, like, is valiantly trying. Trying. Like, really man. trying. Um, we uh, do have Eric Idle as Commander Clement. <laughs> Commander Clement. Um, I think that he does well. He does well. And, and the guy who's with him, who I think is his first movie, is like his film debut as well. Like, they play off each other pretty well. Yeah. And like the thing about idol is that, uh, well, it's this thing of like, you know, we talked about the idol and Cleese thing when there are, when there are pythons on the screen together yeah. acting in a scene, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and, um, Eric idol is also one of the people who n- knew while making this, like, this is not going to be a thing. <laughs> well, I can't remember. Didn't, was it John Cleese or Eric Idle? Again, I read it in the, that said that like they did this because Graham Chapman begged them. I can't remember which. <laughs> I think it was both. Was it both? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but I think that Eric Idle is at least one where it's not, it's not apparent to the viewer that he doesn't want to be there. No, I would say don't, John Cleese either. Like John Cleese no. committed. <laughs> I did like the blind pew was one of the funnier. Sure. Like just weird things. It's the most Monty Python character in <laughs> this most. whole thing. Um, yeah. So you have John Cleese as, as blind pew. Um, he, yeah, he goes on to say that this is one of the six worst films in the history of the world, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if I go that far. No, I think that you and I have watched six <laughs> worse films than this. Together. Clearly he never saw little Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, Rent yourself a copy of Little Nicky. That'll boost your self-esteem about Yellowbeard. Honestly, Cable Hogue too, for that matter. (laughs) Rent yourself Cable Hogue. Do a double feature. And just you're gonna pop this at least to eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we have uh Madeline Kahn as Betty. (laughs) So this is another one that I feel like is kind of like, okay, this is your this is one of your chances to have like uh asses in seats American actress. Right. But you're not really giving her anything like she's not really given a chance to be funny. She is fucking funny. She's working her ass off to get she's working her she's ass off for every laugh. It's like she's yep. having to dig to get it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this ties a lot into the fact that all of the jokes that they give her are of or related to being raped. Yes. And it's just like. I get it. The pirate thing, raping, looting, pillaging. Ha 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 ha. It's funny, but boy, it's, it's this weird thing that they rely on, you know, like 2021 me gets uncomfortable about it, but I can like set that aside and do the thing. And then I'm just like, well, okay, now they're just like, this is too much. Like think of another pirate thing to make a joke about. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I will say at a certain point, his, the, like yellow beard raping people. Yeah. Yeah past the point of, uh, of offensive oh, into yeah, ins- yeah. like just insanity. Yes. Where he's, yeah. Where he's just like, yanking literally <laughs> like he'll just be walking on the street and see another human, uh, another like sort of vaguely female human right. and just like gone. Yep. Um, we have, uh, James Mason as captain Hughes. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked about John Cleese. Uh, we have Marty Feldman. Uh, his final film. Yeah, died Indeed, during he this. died while filming. Which, uh, they did not get the last scene where he actually dies, where his character dies. Um, so they have oh. like, there's a extra or whatever, just kind of like hidden. Um, but yeah, he died of a heart attack while filming this. Um, I, he's playing Gilbert. I, he slayed, like, especially the the... the point where they're trying to vote Dan as uh 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 yes. captain yep. like him just keep like swapping out different hats and like popping up perfect so good and it's like fucking weird looking dude absolutely but like w- milked it for all his work yep um we have uh, our second final appearance uh Spike Milligan he plays uh Flunky um, and is which this? is significant. He like introduces, um, Eric Idol to the queen. Um, it's, oh. it's significant because he was like the single biggest, like 
British comedian pre-Monty Python Got who was like it. their influence. I see. So that was like a big deal for them that right. he was in this. Yeah. This is the, this is, this is literally the Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> for, like to yep. come back to Little Dicky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, a better actor. <laughs> significantly. Like he, to my knowledge, was not doing his own bits. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his final film. And then Peter Bull, this is also his final film. Jesus. This as Queen? Queen Anne. Which is a great gag to me. It's such a dumb, <laughs> dumb fucking gag. Yep. Uh, he, he's, of course, uh, in Dr. Strangelove, um, African Queen, which I really like. The the Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Uh, or not Ernest Borgnine. Uh, what's his, what the fuck's his name? Oh, my God. Uh, Casablanca. Oh, my God. The guy. The Humphrey Bogart. Of course. Jesus. I don't know why it was so hard for me to get there, but like. Uh, yeah, Humphrey Bogart. Um, that 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 African Queen. Yeah. He's in that. Yeah. I, was there more people than just the two of them? <laughs> uh, yes, Peter Bull was in it. Oh, <laughs> right, as uh, the queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, he p- amazingly played only queens, not just Queen Anne, but oh, like okay. that's he good to know. Known for playing queens. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just do the quick plot thing. So Yellowbeard, he's imprisoned for twenty years for tax evasion Which, after. He, I, that I, honestly, that was the first, uh, like my, my worry turned on at that point. As soon as they hit the crawl uh-huh. and it's like, man, he was arrested for tax evasion. I was like, Oh, like, okay. I right, get the right. joke, but it, it was tired then. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, he is imprisoned. Everybody presumes that he's going to die because 20 years in prison is a long time and there are abhorrent conditions. Nobody makes it through 20 years in prison. And he's seemingly having a ball. <laughs> Yeah, like this is well, his shit. As much as he, like, yeah. he's just a misanthrope or kind of like a chaosanthrope. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like know. Like, he's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like, he's just clomping around, laboring in the yard. Hates, you know, whatever. And I loved. I did like the guy, like literally wailing on him with a with a billy club, and him finally is like, "What?" Yes, yeah. Um, uh, he has this hidden treasure. Um, he's about to get out now because it's been twenty years. The Royal Navy slash British Secret Service. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um comes up with a plan to because they're they know about his hidden treasure they want to find his hidden treasure do we also we do we mention here the weird cocaine reference with eric <laughs> oh yeah eric, eric idol always snorting coke but just that, i think it was just that one time uh no he's is he doing it more i was trying i was trying to watch for him, um, like, there's once in the carriage and that's the only um, one i can remember no there's another there's at least two times okay yeah yeah um and uh so they they decide to increase his sentence by an exorbitant amount 120 years i think yeah um which will certainly force him to escape right um, at which point they can tail him and get the treasure. Yeah. Presuming that he's going to just head out straight away for, for his hidden treasure. And, and they trick the senile queen into doing it uh, by thinking she's, she's signing a, right. a, a autograph. Yep. Um, and his uh, escape is stellar. Yeah. Yeah. He does just that. <laughs> he escape. He hops into a coffin that's being wheeled out very nonchalantly, puts, t- <laughs> puts his own lid on the coffin, rolls out. Uh, um, i do i i i very much like again a lot of this stuff is really funny on paper like he literally just walks through life he presumably could have left at any point but he's going to serve his time yep he's going to finish up go like and like he just like literally walks through anything gilbert also could have apparently escaped prison no problem right. whatever he wanted right like they were just waiting for him to give up the information and yep. he doesn't moon like busts them out yep um so yeah so we and then we have this like trail so we have um we have Yellowbeard. um we have the uh the navy and then yeah we have um on that same ship um we have uh uh moon yeah. and his his cohort who are going to double cross <laughs> I loved, so they at the bar that um yellowbeard's wife or ex-wife or lover rape victim yeah. lives uh above i think she must be the barmaid there i think she owns it oh, okay that makes sense yeah um there's a character named blind pew who's played by john cleese yep. who is blind but has like far better central like uh, essential awareness yes than any other person around him mm-hmm. and like by smell by hearing by feeling like is just aware of how things changed mm-hmm. uh have changed um and can give 
all sorts of information. Yep. Um, he's eventually blown up because of a horn uh, that is too loud. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird clunky scene. I to don't me. know what that like. I think it would have felt like a little bit is like, uh, we don't have any more days with John Cleese. We need to get rid of him. Okay. We'll just like, we'll blow him up stick in, the him in a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he ends up becoming an informant because he, he knows where, you know, people are, whatever. Um, and, uh, that sets off a lot of what I think are the best scenes in this because you have him being in the informant, uh, to Eric Idle, um, Eric Idle, who is constantly paying him with the retractable coin, right? Also a good bit. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, Yellowbeard goes to find the treasure that he's, or the treasure map that he's hidden away, um, in the chimney or wall or something at the pub. Yeah. He, I, I love, he just like walks right in, just starts <laughs> hacking at the wall and she's just like, like slowly gets up and moves over to the bed and bends over. Yeah. Just and like, like for her right time. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they have an argument about like him. And I was like, I don't have time to do that. And right. And she's like, you never have time for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, uh, it's revealed that she has burned the map. Yep. Um, but did copy it on his son's head and yep. who he's recently found out that he has a son. Right. Um, Although it is very clear that also not his son. Clearly <laughs> else like aid, like so old, this kid. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I love that. Like, cause she's told Lambert, Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, like it's his kid Lamborn and, Lamborn. And she's also said and like, Oh yeah, the kid's a spitting image of Lamborn. I mean you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he has to go find the son to get his head. son to get his head. And like, there's a scene, this is like one of those scenes that you're like, this could have worked this like weird chase thing where he's explaining. Yeah. There's a lot of like your kind of classic one liney Monty Python jokes where right. he's saying like, you know, I need your head. And then it's like misinterpreted to mm-hmm. be like, Oh, that's so nice. No of you. Ever, my, yeah. my mom, you know, always like gives me shit for being smart or whatever. Right. And he's like, no, I need your whole head. And he's coming up with all these plans of like, well, I'll just go along with you, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not taking your whole body. I just need the head. Right. And then he is like, the head is like, Oh, oh, oh well, if you do that, it's going to be an awful mess. And like, and he's like, that's fine. I had heads leak some, but you know, it's a price I'm willing to pay. And like, there's something there, but it, it kind of doesn't works. quite yeah. play. And I'm, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to blame Dan. Yeah. No, that's the thing. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely Dan. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, Yellowbeard is also, by the way, his first name's yellow, right? We, that's, I feel like, uh, it's later, um, it's later canonized that his last name is beard and his first name is yellow. Oh, I missed that. Because they like near the end, they're like beards are always most dangerous when they're dead. And it's like, this is my son, oh. Dan Beard. And it's like, wow. Doesn't matter, but yeah, just a thing. But Yellowbeard has basically like, in that case, the syntax in the movie is wrong. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Yellowbeard has like three purposes in life. And it's like to fuck, to c- kill or create violence of any kind. Yes. Um, no, maybe that might be it. I don't say he doesn't really eat that much either or get treasure and get treasure treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the, like the only thing. And he literally will be distracted by one of the three. Yep. At any point. Yep. Uh, goes into a brothel and presumably literally fucks everybody, everyone. Um, and that's what distracts him from the three of them getting like kidnapped. And then this really convoluted stealing of a ship. Like, you know, like, cause like moon, like takes out the, previous bosun yeah they it's like a weird, they introduce like, a lot of information there on the street like oh here's this whole crew that's doing something we need to become them yeah they're doing to then hire people on you know like because we need to we need to be believable that we need this crew so they but you know they don't they like they don't have any authority by you know or like even really outfits or uniforms no you no know, it's just like those other people don't exist. Right. It's a, what's the fucking thing? It's a, it's a, it was a literal thing that I can't remember what it's not Jack booted into. It's they, they reference it in the thing, but it's, it's, it was literally a way that the British military would get people into the military. Sure. Yeah. They're essentially like recruiting or whatever. Well, so it's, it wasn't a, like they would just it's ba- compulsory. Yeah. Or? Well, they would just basically kidnap people who were drunk or, uh, uh, like inebriated and get them on the ship. And by the time they sobered up, they were literally out of the Harbor. And it's like, well, you're, you're part of the military now. Uh-huh. What is the fucking, it's, it's a, it's a term. 
Uh, they say in the movie, but okay, whatever. Um, yeah. And so that's how like moon essentially like is planning on taking over the ship eventually. Right. Um, and you know, will overthrow the captain. Um, <laughs> I, I love the captains like, just like, so fucking tired of all this bullshit. Like everybody's trying to bring women on board in various <laughs> vessels. There's the giant alligator. I love the giant alligator. Um, and then, and then this is when, so then, you know, they finally set off and he's doing basically the roll call. <laughs> and you realize that the one woman has gotten on board in the disguise of Mr. Prostitute. It's like, it was like, it was like, it's like Mr. Garrison, Mr. Prostitute. And like, and like but it was so not trying to hide. No. It was such a it's good, it's just a woman with a fake mustache. <laughs> and I, I love that like it's his personal I, I, I you're right and and it's fine because he he smuggled her up right you know like it's it um I also did enjoy that um in those introductions he he tells you what each one is responsible for yes responsible discipline. for discipline and, discipline. and he's in charge of discipline and discipline, uh, discipline. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think those are all of the jokes now that I've uh, noted that work. In yes, this. Um, because really this tail end kind of like spirals and spirals and spirals. A the bit. tail end is a, is a would be a reasonably good swashbuckler if it yeah. had a story, but it doesn't. And so it isn't. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, to to cut to the like. You cut to the chase. Um, you have the chase. Yep. Um, they get, they find land. Yep. Um, well, and it's kind of like, I guess it's Yellowbeard is, tr- but we forgot to say Yellowbeard, uh, climbs into the, uh, set like, like, what do you call it? Like rope thing, satchel of all the goats. Yep. And is a, like, is just living in the goat pen on the top of the deck and nobody is noticing that there's a, a man living right. with the goats. Yes. Um, occasionally, point, uh, pulling in Mr. Mr. Prostitute. Prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was there. And then I think it was living also at the top. He would also spend some time, um, up by the bow or, uh, by the, uh, what's the fucking thing in the maiden maidenhead. Yep. Uh, like just like hanging out in a little, they're like smoking and yep. drinking. Yep. Uh, and then he's the one who like kind of alerts Dan that they're by the, the infamous Island. Yeah. Yeah. And then he jumps out and swims. Yep. Um, and then you have the other parties that land and try and follow. And this is where the, uh, Cheech and Chong death cult have been set up. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, and there's this whole thing about like, there's all this stuff that's kind of set up that, I mean, you need to know, but like, there's this like torture thing that the torture device doesn't actually come into play. No, it's unnecessary. But the, the important information is that there's acid. Yes. <laughs> all around, <laughs> around, all around. Torture, like in this, this big torture um, chamber. He also I, has Nebulosa has a daughter. Yes. Um, who seems very virginal and innocent and turns out to only give a shit about money. And it's just like, I don't even know why we are introducing this character at this stage of the no film. idea. Like I don't know. I don't need Dan to have a love interest. No. I don't, you know, it's just like, because it's like vaguely earnest, you know, it's not like, yeah. a comic, um, but then it quickly becomes not earnest. Right. As soon as like the money changes hands. Yes. Um, uh, so you get this, like you end up getting this final showdown with, uh, basically everybody is storming the, um, I don't know what you like the temple Heap? or something. Yeah. Yeah. Temple. yeah. Um, and, but, uh, the, but, the, but they're also not fighting because they're trying to lure them into a surprise attack. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, clearly doesn't work. Yeah. Nebula. So in Segundo, like realize that they, you know, like, Oh, they're, they're coming. So they, they like stage this weird plan of like, well, we'll need to convince them that we're losing right. to like lure them in and further. Then we'll jump and on then them. we'll, yeah. Um, which leads to what could be funny. And like, this is one of those things that on paper, I think works that yeah. doesn't really, it didn't really work in reality. I mean, I did like everybody stop overacting and then the teaches like commenting on the not overacting is and then, very good. And then do, his death scene being the most overacting. Um, and I'll give you credit that like, uh, Peter Cook's character here does shine with him <laughs> feeling good about like, like he vaguely stabs in the general direction of people and they fall yeah, and lots <laughs> of like self-satisfied sounding like, Oh, yeah. oh, oh. oh. <laughs> that was the stuff that got me. Yeah. Um, uh, like, so I, eventually everybody is, I think given a better surrounding, it would have like that stuff would have killed me. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, uh, eventually all of the like henchmen in this temple are dead. Right. They all, they all, uh, like accidentally sacrifice themselves. Right. Too many sacrifice themselves and they died. Yep. Um, and we start getting some, uh, final showdowns. Um, you get the, uh, nebuloso thing. Um, and this is when Yellowbeard like swings back into action to like kind of save Dan for a moment and then does the like, you got this kid sort of thing right. for the first time. <laughs> like they, they have like, a, they okay. have half a, half a sword fight. Yeah. And then he checks out. Yep. And Dan finishes the sword fight. Yeah. Um, and every, everybody dies with the acid pit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems a little redundant. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then you finally get the beach scene where now like they're realizing, I don't know if they realize that, I don't know, here's another confusing bit to me. Right. Yeah. Like, so <sighs> We suppose, see, now this puts a wrinkle in the Cheech and Chong theory, because we have suggested that Nebuloso is fabulously rich because of that treasure. Well, this is a question. But the treasure isn't there. It's on the beach. Right. On a beach on that island. Right. This Uh, is what I'm saying. It like, it, (laughs) like, you have two of the three. Yeah. Proving factors for every choice of who these people are. I don't know who they are. Right, right, right. Like, does it happen to be a death cult that is just there? Right. If that's the case, then like, or but did they, they do introduce the idea that they have a lot of wealth? Like they there's clearly do. Know, it's gold shit, you know, whatever. Um, and then it's also unclear. Like, did, did everybody just need to like walk through this keep to get to the opposite beach? I don't know. Or because the treasure is not in this keep. Nope. It's no, on the beach on another beach. I think they did have to, like they said, like there's another beach on the other side of the Island. Uh-huh. We have to go through this area. Okay. I think is what okay. it was. I, and I will say, I like the commentary on trying to find like treasure maps. Cause it does make sense that like, I do like that. Like treasure maps are crazy detailed and like why they just go straight to the thing. Like yeah. you don't need to go like, you know, 10 steps to the left, five steps. Right. Like, and they have him like his drunken, like Mm-hmm. stumbling and mm-hmm. that's it's like written down verbatim exactly how he stumbled to right. his. um and you have everybody else trying to like replicate that but they're on kind of a different path entirely <clears throat> and uh yellowbeard and dan are on the other um and they end up finding the treasure um and then the navy shows up rep and commandeers it yep and that's kind of it well right? and then and then they take it back yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so, so Yellowbeard gets stabbed to right. death. Yes. Um, and it's by Dan. Apparently. Well, it's, and and yeah. you're like, and yeah, that that makes Yellowbeard believe Yellowbeard believe that Dan is really his son because he like to actually like take his father out the way that he took him out. Like there was a oh, but wait a minute, Did, are you under the impression that Dan actually stabbed him? No, it was a play. Right. But like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but like okay. that's the scene, and yes. then it cuts to the uh, Eric Idle's uh, police. What are they? What are we call the British Navy people going home, and <laughs> yep. their ship being taken over by the beards. Yep. Which is like like the only like uh, a dead beard is the most dangerous or whatever. Okay. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when we learn that they're actually just Mister Beard. Apparently, good name for a pirate movie, Mister Beard. Mister Beard. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, then the movie ends. The movie ends. Uh, and by ending, I mean the credits start rolling and it was not, there was no ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, is there anything else that should be said about this? I mean, uh, the only other bit of information that I found here in the files was that Harry Nilsson uh, created a whole soundtrack that uh, the producers decided not to use. <laughs> Shit, really? I wonder if we should, I wonder if it's still out there somewhere. Um, uh, well, it's not really, it's not worth tracking down. Yeah. I did see that Eric Idle said that like, cause he'd said it was like one of the worst movies that he'd ever been a part of. And then later said that sometimes the, the correlation between, how good of a time you have on set versus how good the movie is, is the inverse. And because of that, I will never, I wouldn't like, I would never give up the experience of making Yellowbeard. So it sounds like, like he got to hang out with some friends. I mean, it started literally with a bunch of friends hanging out saying, Hey, let's make a movie together. And I think that that's what I think it probably was a lot of fun to make. Well, okay. I mean, that's basically it, right? It is basically it. Yeah. I mean, it, this movie just shows you that like, I mean, there's, there is a through line to little Nikki here where it is just like the, you know, let's 
load it full as full as we possibly can. Um, and I don't know if there are many great examples of that where you just like pull out all of the stops in terms of just names of people. Sure. I, I guess the, the thing that I I'm, I'm eternally confused by in these cases is like, as somebody who is like unapologetically loves action adventure shit and Cheech and Chong, uh, they don't play into this particular uh, uh, quandary. Um, But um, like specifically pirate movies are notoriously troubled and notoriously hard to make. Like, and will like literally ruin the careers of people uh, like multiple times. Like this is a thing. Yeah. And like some of the most beloved American movies are, action adventures that are taken seriously, like the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yep. Hell, even the, the, um, even the pirates of the Caribbean movies, totally like they have social cachet. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're done well, people fucking love them. Yeah. How does, how does something with this, like it's clearly terrible script that everybody knew was a bad script. Yeah. How does this get off the ground? Like it didn't like, it clearly wasn't, like a slate issue, like, like, you know, who I can't, I don't even remember who made it. Cause I don't even did it have a title slide of, um, I don't remember. I a, saw one from like, it was like or, yeah, yeah. or something like sure. that, which would have been the company that made, yeah, yeah. you know, but like no MGM or no, no Paramount or whomever. No, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, they clearly weren't trying to fill a, I mean, assume, and also like when we're early, early days in the blockbuster mentality, like there's no concept yet of like, got to fill the summer schedule. Yeah. Um, Jaws has just hit, uh, 83. This is, uh, um, empire strikes back. Jaws 3d is out right now. Jaws 3d. (laughs) Um, you know, like, I guess what I'm like, I, what I don't understand and probably will never understand is like, how does this get made? And then like movies that have exceptional scripts and like, really good people behind them. Yeah. How does that like, I, I mean, I, and I, I know that like, you know, it comes down to people who are not filmmakers making movies about yeah. what gets greenlit. Yeah. But like somebody somewhere went Yellowbird, Yes. Uh huh. This one. No, totally. I don't know how that happens. It's pretty wild. It was the same sort of thing. Like, or, or similar things where they, they, they rehash and rehash to death. Like the Warcraft movie where like, you had an established lore and you had good stories from the game, from the, from the games and you shit out. Like all you had to do was make a coherent story that was good. Yeah. And you, you shit the bed. Yeah. How? Yeah. I don't, it's, it's, it's that, that force for the trees. Like just cut it down, cut it down, cut it down. Think like a horror movie director and make it, make it tight. Make, make it about the characters. Yeah. And like, I, it, it, movies like this irritate the fuck out of me because this movie I'm guessing did very poorly. Yeah, it didn't, it, it did nothing, you know, it was, it didn't tank, but you know, it's, it, what's surprising to me is that like, yeah, the things that they wanted to pay off clearly didn't pay off. No. Um, and like it, it has not maintained any relevancy. Like I, I am, did not know it existed. I'm a little bit shocked that like after watching it, I thought like it, it's kind of amazing to me actually that I've never heard of this. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing that like I haven't, s- this seems absolutely like something that would be on TNT all the time right. on Sunday morning or whatever. I mean, you maybe, know? maybe the people are big <clears throat> enough that buried it. Like they just like, just make <laughs> Poss- it disappear. Possibly because it's not listed. Cause like all, every time a new pirate movie comes out and tanks, yeah. uh, the, there's multiple blogs that release stories about, and they just bring the litany out, usually like featuring Cutthroat Island of being sure. the biggest, uh, for a long time, being the biggest money loser of all time. Yeah. But like they go I back. I these ships were in Cutthroat Island. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but like going back and they'll go back to like Mutiny on the Bounty and like, like, and, and hit like all of these, like it, Yellowbeard has never <laughs> been in that list. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like you could use it. Why? <laughs> you really I, just I that H there. hit it. <laughs> just but like why isn't it in there i mean maybe it's just because like it's entirely inoffensive yeah it's so offensive that it is inoffensive (laughs) right yeah and i think that that's uh, that's uh, the most remarkable thing about this film is how unremarkable it is it's so unremarkable like it's not even 
the little Nikki bet of like, guys, what are you doing? Right. It's just like, guys, why did you do this? Right. Like, it's just a, a, a waste. <laughs> it's, it's a total absolute waste. Because if, and I guess like part of it too is like, there's such wasted opportunity in that like, literally you can tell the, tell the, if you can tell the scene and that's funnier yeah. than the scene, right. you failed. Right, right, right. If you have pretty fantastic stunt choreography, for like sword fighting choreography, yeah. and nobody noticed, <laughs> you fucking failed. And if you have half of Monty Python, including like Graham Chapman just killing it. Yeah. And a movie doesn't do well. Yeah. You fucking failed. <laughs> totally. I, I don't know how, yeah. but you did. Yeah. Anyway, well, should we get out of 1983? I please. Okay. I, I swear to God, I swear to God, computer. If we hit 1990 again, I may just like rip this studio apart. One moment, processing memory quality within acceptable guidelines. Please stand by as temporal transport is initiated in three, two, one. Adam, no hot takes. How do you feel about World War II? Well, I mean, I'm not a fan. I mean, wait, well, hold on. Of the of war, I'm not a fan of war. Uh, I'm. Are we in? The, are we in World War II? It's March fifteenth, nineteen forty-two. Holy shit! This concludes today's adventure. None of This Is Real is brought to you by Adam Farnsworth, Nick Rennes, and a sentient time machine. Our theme song, 21st Century Coyote, and our outro music, Pirates of the Known Dinghy, were written and performed by John Van Dusen. Visit noneofthisisreal.com for more information on the podcast. Also, follow at N-O-T-I-R pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's N-O-T-I-R-P-O-D. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Podcasts, it's radio for millennials. Our behind-the-scenes podcast, Some of This is Real, is available exclusively by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash N-O-T-I-R pod. Thank you for listening, and remember, none of this is real. 